I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Tuesday, October 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, the Rangers wrapped up a spot in the World Series last night, winning Game 7 on the road in Houston in a dominant way, uh, led by Adolis Garcia, who, uh, you know, just the, the switch flipped in the ALCS for, for Garcia, uh, and he went off, uh, had just a, a dominant performance over the last several games of the series and, and really carried the, uh, the Rangers, uh, sparked them into, uh, into the World Series. Uh, what did you see last night in, in the Rangers, uh, beating the Astros, uh, at, you know, at Minute Maid Park on the road in game seven, uh, to advance to the World Series? Yeah, they went 11 to 4, Joe, and it wasn't it wasn't that close. I mean, they hammered them. Uh, you know, they're uh, pitching uh, a little interesting. You know, uh, you know, Scherzer goes what two and a third, three in. You know, just he gets into the third inning. Then they bring in Jordan Montgomery. Uh, just a really good move by uh, by Bochy, I thought. You know, they strung together five solid innings and then turned it over to the bullpen. But their offense is just, they're hot again, Joe. That Texas offense is rolling, uh, you know, and uh, Garcia is in uh, is right in the middle of it. He goes four for five last night, two home runs, five RBIs. Uh, no, no bat flips last night. Nobody threw at him, but he, he had so, he had that fire burning inside him, Joe. He was he, he was out to uh, show the world just what kind of player he is. Joe, listen to this uh, for the postseason so far this year. He uh, Garcia's hitting three twenty seven, seventeen for fifty two, seven home runs, twenty RBIs. He is the ALCS MVP in which he hit 357, 10 for 28, five home runs, 15 RBIs. That's one guy, Joe. Yeah, that's uh, that's the entire Guardians' offense for a month in uh, <laughs> in the regular season. If if you, you think about it and go back to it, uh, this Texas offense did what it was built to do, what it was supposed to do, what what they paid for it to do. Uh, you know, they're the best team that money could buy this season, I guess. And, uh, it goes to show you if you, if you spend a half a billion dollars on payroll, uh, eventually it, it, it can work out. Uh, and, and you get the right manager in place, I guess, uh, with Bruce Bochy, I guess, you know, he really is the difference, but 
Uh, think about this. Uh, Adoles Garcia, uh, you know, an all-star, uh, a guy who was, uh, you know, sort of cast aside by the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, the, the Rangers got him for pennies, uh, you know, a few years back. And he was a guy that the Cardinals did not want. And, and now he's uh, performing at a, a, you know, superstar level in the postseason, uh, really sort of having his moment. And I, I just I'm seeing all of this. And it uh, the only thing that I'm thinking about and the only thing that I think every Guardians fan should be thinking about watching Adolis Garcia uh, right now is, boy, I hope that Nolan Jones doesn't carry the uh, the Colorado Rockies to the World Series in a few years and, and, and sort of do this because uh, how those those Cardinals fans must have this hit in the, the, the bottom of their stomach just watching this, this sickening feeling knowing that, uh, you know, exactly what you need in your lineup is doing it for another team uh, and doing it well. Uh, that That's all I can think about right now is, you know, why is Nolan Jones playing for Colorado and, and not doing the same thing for uh, for Cleveland in right field? Yeah, Joe, and especially, uh, you know, with the deficiencies Cleveland has in right field. I mean, the entire outfield, really, with the exception of Stephen Kwan, uh, you know, they, they miss those bats. They, they miss, they miss Nolan Jones bats. You, you telling me he couldn't fit on this team this, this past season when they finished what 27th and runs scored last in home runs that this guy was not able to play on this team. You know, that's, uh, that's a head scratcher. And that's, you know, if you, uh, you don't put, if you're a GM or if you're a, you know, a president of baseball operations, that's one trade you don't put on your resume. No, and and like you said uh, before we started recording, those are the kinds of deals that that cost you your job eventually down the line. If you're an executive, uh, you know you make one too many of those uh, those trades or, or one too many of those personnel decisions, and it, it comes back to bite you. Uh, it, it's in my mind, it, you know, they're in my mind they're the same thing. Garcia and, and Jones are the same thing, but really they're not because if you if you think about it and you look at it. You know, Garcia was a, an international signee. He was, you know, under the radar, but but you knew you had some talent there when he was starting to develop in the minors, uh, and and uh, you know he had made it to the big league level for a you know a cup of tea with St. Louis. Uh, Jones, he was he was a touted draft pick. He was your number one prospect at one time. You know, their 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 development was not the same. You know, Jones obviously had all the the injury issues and you know, all the delays in his development that, you know, with COVID season and, and all of that. But, you know, Garcia sort of did it the Jose Ramirez way and became a, a superstar. Uh, Jones was was this, uh, you know, draft pick, prospect, highly thought of. And, and I thought he would have gotten more of a look and more of a chance at the major league level. Uh, but all of a sudden in an offseason trade, uh, you brought in uh, another uh, middle infield prospect in exchange for him, and and Juan Brito might might go on to do great things, but right now you're looking at where the holes are in your lineup, and you're thinking, boy, Nolan Jones would really really look good there. Yeah, he posted a 4.3 WAR this year, Joe. Uh, you know, hit 20 home runs, drove in 62 runs, was a 2020 guy with 20 stolen bases. Uh, it hit 297. 
you know, and he hit, you know, yes, uh, it was at Coors Field, but he also hit well on the road. So, uh, you know, he had a, he had an eye opening season. Uh, can he keep it going? That's the big thing. But yes, uh, you know, this was a swing and a miss by uh, Cleveland's front office. And uh, it should have never happened because, like you said, Joey was a second round pick. He was their number one prospect for what, two or three years running. Yes, he had some injury problems, but, uh, you know, that's a, it's a question mark. You know, why did they why did they feel the need to trade this guy? Yeah, it's it's got to be something behind the scenes. It has to be. I don't know if it was a, a personality issue or a work thing or you know just whatever it is. I I, I can't imagine there being something, uh, there being nothing else behind that decision uh, to to do that. The thing that uh, you know sort of leads me to believe that Jones that these are the numbers that Jones is going to be able to put up is. You know, what do we know about him in, in the minors all the way as we were following him after he got drafted? It was the OPS. It was the ability to get on base and, and take walks. Uh, you know, the, the, the emerging power was going to be there, but it was his, his discipline at the plate. And what does he wind up doing? He winds up leading all, uh, you know, qualified rookies in, in OPS for the season. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that, that's just who he is as a hitter, how, what it, how he profiles. I think, uh, you know, that's a guy that uh, years from now, you know, I always thought uh, uh, Brian Giles was a guy that you looked at his uh, his career after he was uh, traded away from Cleveland. And you thought, man, that that was a that was a bat. That was a guy that you, you really wanted to have in the lineup at times. Uh, and, you know, he, he went on to, to be successful in Pittsburgh and San Diego and other places. Uh, Jones is, is is sort of. He, he sort of fits that mold in my mind that he's going to be a guy that whose career you kind of watch out of the corner of your eye and you think, uh, man, he, he really would have looked good uh, out there, um, you know, playing for Cleveland at, at one point. But uh, can't can't go back. Can't uh, can't pull, uh, you know, uh, if you had a time machine, uh, <laughs> that would be. Uh, further down the list of things you would go back and fix. But I think. Joe, yeah. you know, Joe, the one thing, you know, with Giles and Richie Sexton, you know, they came at the tail end of that great run by mm-hmm. Cleveland. Those guys, they had, they couldn't find a place for those guys to play because they, they had a lineup stocked with Manny Ramirez and Jim Tomey. They had, you know, at the top of the lineup, Alomar and Vizquel, you know, they had hitters up and down that lineup. There was no place for Sexton and, and Giles to play. And, you know, so they traded them and yes, it hurt, but they still, they still were a dominant offensive team. This, this team, you know, Cleveland's team, the last couple of years has struggled to score runs. They need a right-handed, I mean, they need a, a, a power hitting outfielder. They, and they had Nolan Jones and, uh, yeah. you know, that's what makes it hurt so much. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's frustrating on, uh, on, on multiple levels. So, uh, if you don't want to be frustrated on multiple levels, uh, sign up for uh, subtext and get updates on the Guardians managerial search on uh, what we're thinking uh, during the offseason, our thoughts on the, the playoffs and, and the awards uh, season coming up. Uh, the best way to not be frustrated is to, to commiserate with us on uh, subtext. Uh, it's three ninety nine a month to subscribe. Uh, text go right to your phone. No uh, having to deal with social media. Uh, sign up by going to cleveland.com slash subtext or uh, by sending a text message to 216-208-4346. Uh, me and Hoinsey would love to hear from you. 
Uh, all right. The uh, managerial search continues, and uh, you had some uh, some breaking news, some big news uh, yesterday, uh, and uh, you know a little bit more uh, in depth on the uh, the w- word that uh, Stephen Vogt, a uh, bullpen coach in Seattle uh, who just retired after the 2022 season, uh, this is a guy who uh, I-, I guess is uh, coming in for another interview. Yeah, he's going to be interviewed today, Joe. This will be the second time uh, uh, the Guardians front office has talked to him. First time in person, uh, you know, a guy that played 10 years in the big leagues, a catcher, came up with uh, with the Rays, was a Rays draft pick, spent almost six years in, in the minors, Joe, before, you know, he, he finally broke through, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, so you know we've got him. You know he's uh he's the latest in uh you know the of a list of play uh you know candidates that's being interviewed. Uh, it's going to be interesting, Joe. And uh, he obviously he's only 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, he just retired uh, in 2022. Uh, kind of an inspirational player, you know, from everything I've read. Um, uh, and uh, but I don't know. What what about the lack of managerial experience? Is that a concern to you? Yeah, I, I think a lot of the guys on this list uh, either have, you know, some uh, minor league experience or have managed at some level, or there's a, a handful, a few of them, like two or three of them that that have no managerial experience at any level at all, uh, and that's a that's a, a a big leap to take if you're Chris Antonetti and 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 Mike Chernoff is to go with a guy who's, who's never sat in that chair. And uh, you got to put a lot of faith in a guy Uh, vote uh, just to, to touch on him one more time. It sort of gives me uh, Mike Napoli vibes. Uh, I don't know if that, uh, you know, if that struck a chord with you uh, to, you know, the kind of guy who's can be, you know, charismatic and, and really good in a clubhouse and uh, a guy that, you know, players would sort of, gravitate towards and 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 want to want to play for in in that way uh is is that something uh you know you, you're sort of detecting with uh vote as a uh as a candidate yeah definitely you know yes managers make the best man uh you know i mean catchers make the best managers although at, at least that's what it seems at least it seems like every other manager in the big leagues has is a former catcher uh but uh, yeah, I think uh, he he's got to have uh, you know he he's still young enough to uh, you know know the players on the field to appreciate just how difficult the game is and to uh, relate to players to the modern day players. Now I don't know is he, is he analytically inclined? I, I'm not sure. I would think he'd have to be as a catcher, you know, that to handle pitching staffs to uh, you know, and it kind of fits the mold that uh, Cleveland, you know, we've seen recently in, in the recent, uh, you know, uh, other candidates that have been, uh, uh, you know, interviewed. Uh, Clayton uh, McCullough uh, from the Dodgers first base coach, uh, Craig Albernaz, um, you know, from San Francisco, um, and uh, Carlos Mendoza from the Yankees, uh, some internal guys. Uh, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, they are, they're obviously, I think, you know, when when we talked to uh, you know Chernoff and Antonetti, they said you know really kind of they were looking at both 
both sides of the ledger, experienced versus inexperienced managers, older versus younger managers. But it seems that uh, they're trending toward a younger manager, a guy that's analytic, analytically inclined that might be that isn't too far removed from the field. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Right. And uh, there are still other guys uh, who who might become available or just became available. I know uh, maybe Joe Espada is a name that uh, might come up uh, depending on what happens with the uh, with the Astros now that they're done. Uh, where do you see the timing of things? Uh, can you see uh, maybe interviews wrapping up, uh, you know, before the World Series starts or. Uh, you know, maybe somebody being named uh, around the time after the World Series, right after, shortly after, something like that. Yeah, I would think the, the they they want this to get, you know, they want to do this as soon as possible. I think MLB kind of frowns on on uh, teams, uh, you know, making a big splash during the World Series, perhaps on an off day during the World Series, but probably right after the World Series, Joe, because you know you've got to you you want. You want to get your manager in place as fast as possible uh, for a couple of different reasons. One, you know, you want him to to connect with your players, to get on the same page with your players, to, uh, you know, talk to uh, talk to, you know, get to know the players. And two, you want to be able to assemble a, a coaching staff. And, you know, the longer it takes to hire you know, a manager, the the more the the, the better coaches are 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 gone. The you know the the uh, the pool of talent shrinks. So you know you've got to you you'd like to get this done as soon as possible, as long as you do a, a thorough job. Right, and uh, you know right now uh, it, it doesn't sound like it doesn't seem like this club is uh, in, in inclined to wait around for a guy like a, a Craig Council to, to to be available for interviews. Uh, even though he would be a, a name that, you know, certainly a lot of people might be comfortable uh, it, it sticking in there. Uh, you, you think that uh, Antonetti and, and Chernoff uh, maybe want to go in, in that different direction and, and stay away from uh, any established candidates or, or you know, guys. And certainly, uh, you know, a, a guy like Craig Council would, would probably cost you uh, significantly more in terms of a contract than uh, uh, than any one of these first time guys. Yeah, definitely. The first time guys are just going to be glad to be hired. And, uh, you know, salary would be the last thing they discuss. Uh, you know, a guy like council, the salary would be probably one among the first <laughs> things you discuss because obviously he felt underpaid in, in, uh, you know, Milwaukee, uh, and he wanted to, uh, you know, explore the market. That's why, you know, he hasn't signed, he hasn't re-signed with the Brewers. So, you know, that, uh, you know, definitely, you know, kind of a different, you're, you're looking at, you're not, you can't compare apples and oranges in, in those two cases. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not the same thing, but uh, I, again, uh, off of this list of, of guys, uh, are there, is there anyone who sort of jumps out, uh, jumps off the page right now as a, um, you know, a, maybe a leading candidate or somebody who you would, you could, you could see in that position? 
Yeah, you know, I think McCullough is a guy that that kind of interests me, Joe. One, you know, he's he's young. Two, he's he you know he's coached in in the uh, Dodgers system. Uh, you know, he's a Dodgers first base coach. He came up through their minor league system. You know, so he's you know he's kind of embedded with the analytics. You know that. Uh, three, he's, you know, he comes from, he's, he's, he's come from, he's coming from a winning, a winning organization and uh, four, you know, he's managed in the minors. He managed seven years in Toronto's uh, minor league system. So, you know, he's got all that going for him. You know, I would think, you know, he's a, you know, one of the top candidates, but, you know, I think they still want to talk to people. You know, I've heard their talk, you know, they've been connected with Charlie Montoya, the uh, former Toronto manager who was, you know, last season was uh, the White Sox bench coach, you know, and there's a couple other, you know, that's kind of a, a, a veteran guy, you know, a vet, you know, that would be going in a different, a little bit of a different direction. But, you know, I think there's still some people out there that they want to talk to, but the list is narrowing, I think. Yeah. And, and, and that's sort of the, the good news and, and the, you know, what uh, guardians fans are sort of, uh, just sitting around sort of waiting uh, to to maybe uh, get excited about somebody uh, once they, uh, they they find out what direction uh, the, the club is going to go in. Uh, all right. Uh, as far as, um, you know, the the rest of this week, uh, obviously the uh, the other uh, the opponent in the uh, World Series for the Rangers is going to be uh, determined tonight. Uh, that's uh, Philadelphia and Arizona. Uh, game seven uh, always. Uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that uh, that we had two game sevens in the uh, the, the league championship series, uh, Hoinsey. Uh, it always seems to work out that way. That uh, you know the the league gets what it wants in, in terms of uh, TV ratings and and the opportunities there. But uh, you know what what, what can we expect uh, tonight with uh, you know the 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 Diamondbacks and the Phillies at you know, what should be just an electric atmosphere at Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, def, uh, you know, game seven, I think, you know, some, I heard it was the first game seven in uh, Philly's history, which That's is crazy. Which is, That's crazy. It's interesting, you know, and uh, so it's going to be branded fought for uh, Arizona uh, against uh, Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. Uh, you know, Suarez has just had, you know, really a, a strong offseason. I mean, postseason one and oh, you know, a zero, a zero point six seven ERA. In, he's given up, I think, two earned runs in 14 innings. Thought uh, uh, has, uh, you know, th- this has put, made three starts in the postseason with a 2.13 ERA. So, yeah, yeah uh, you know, was, good pitching matchup. Yeah, Thought was was really good uh, his last start against uh, Philly and, and got pulled, uh, you know, maybe a little early. Who knows? Uh, but uh, it, you know, it, it should be interesting to see. Uh, if if one one or the other of these offenses can sort of break through against those uh, starting pitchers, uh, you know, smart money is going to be on Bryce Harper to do something big in uh, in the biggest moments uh, here and uh, uh, going forward tonight. Hoinsey, uh, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will uh, get together uh, again tomorrow. Good deal, Joe. <laughs>